want what you have and I'm willing to go to any length to get it. And what you have is the fellowship that I crave. And the fellowship I crave is where people can be content, match calamity with serenity, and are happy, joyous, and free. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you're all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Hello, you blokes and you shalas. That was the voice of Miss Julia Kay from Berlin, Germany, that you heard at the beginning of this episode on this here episode number 186. Can you believe it? 186 of Sober Speak, and you will be hearing much more from Julia Kay in Un Momento, but first things first, this episode is brought to you by Ernie B. and Tanya. Do you know what Ernie B. and Tanya did? Well, let me fill you in. They went to our website, SoberSpeak.com. They clicked on the PayPal tab, and they made a a contribution out of the generosity of their heart to keep the virtual lights on. So thank you, Ernie B. and Tanya. This episode is coming right out to youans. I, John M., just another bozo on the bus like you folks, will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings, and I am... So honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So take a seat, a virtual seat, if you will, around this virtual table, and let's get started. Remember, no matter who you are and what your past looks like, you are welcome here. It is an open table, and we are glad you are all here. What do I want to talk about this week? Ah, just a couple things. Number one, if you haven't joined us on Recovery Yoga yet for free every Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock p.m. Central, you are more than welcome to join us. Just go to SoberSpeak.com and click on the Sober Resources tab and all of the Zoom info will be there for you to log in. Remember now on Facebook, things have changed up with us. Just search for Super Secret. Well, actually just search for, um, what would we call it? Secret Facebook group on uh, in inside of Facebook. 
and there is a thing in there that says, can I join? Will you approve me? And uh, just click on that and we'll get you approved to get in the group. And if you are in the North, the North Texas area, Keep in mind, we have a meeting on Saturday at noon in Frisco, Texas. It is an open discussion meeting. All are welcome. It is not a closed meeting. You do not have to be an alcoholic to attend the meeting. And once again, if you go to that, to www.soberspeak.com, click on the Sober Resources tab, and all of that information is available for you. Now, on to Ms. Julia Kay, and this is... Uh, the second part or a follow-up conversation that we had with uh, Julia Kay. Her first episode is episode number 172, and it is called The Prodigal Daughter. And you'll want to go back and catch that at some point if you haven't listened to that yet. But uh, this is our follow-up conversation with Julia. It's part two, and we're calling this one Masters of Love. And she talks about that in the episode. Julia discussion discusses... Uh, abortion, she discusses marriage, divorce, infidelity, and we have a most interesting discussion about her mother that died via euthanasia in Belgium while Julia was at her side, and I was very interested in that whole process. Uh, We discussed the subjects of Limitless Expansion, Masters of Love, which I've already referenced, and The Miracle Makers of Modern Time. I love that phrase. Julia refers to herself as an AA slut in a positive way. You'll have to hear her talk about that. And she says that her totem animal, which I've also heard referred to as a spirit animal, is the cockroach. (laughs) That was just absolutely fantastic. So everybody, buckle up, enjoy the ride. And without further ado, I present to you Julia Kay. Enjoy. I will have some listener feedback at the end of this episode. Okay, everybody. So we are back again. When Miss Julia Kay from, well, why don't you go ahead and tell them where you are from, Miss Julia Kay, and give your sobriety date if you wish as well, please. Hello, wonderful John from Sober Speak and wonderful listeners all over the world of the recovery community. My name is Julia Kay, and I'm an alcoholic and many other things from Berlin, Germany. My sobriety date is September 23rd, 1985. I am 55 years old young and I got sober when I was 20 and I haven't had a drink or drug or any mood altering chemicals from uh, ever since and I've been uh, AA I said that I had been an AA slut but I'm not allowed to say that but I have been an AA aficionista a passionate AA member ever since and I, I got a feeling some people may have missed that term that you, you just used. Sorry. Last time we got together, you talked about being a, uh, you called it a more slut, uh, but then you just used the the uh, the term an AA slut. Why don't you go ahead just real quickly and kind of explain that You know, that we're phrase. right in the middle of it. We're right in the middle. There's this wonderful book out for young people and for anybody interested in doing their sexual inventory 
it's not AA conference approved literature, but it's a wonderful book. It's called The Ethical Slut. It puts the word slut in a in a positive light. I, I am an AA slut in the sense of I will be anywhere where there's AA. I'll go where AA goes, I'll go. I'll, I'll go to the Bill Wilson house. I'll go to Central Office in New York many times. I'll go to Founders Day in Akron. I'll go to Dr. Bob's house. I'll go to the wherever there is a AA, wherever AA people go, I will go and I will make sure that I get fed, which is not hard in Alcoholics Anonymous because you get more than fed when you show up. So this is my thing. I'm a hungry girl. I'm, I'm never stop being hungry. This is why one of my topics today is limitless expansion because I wake up and I am hungry and God has my back. He knows I'm not like, oh no, I'm not hungry anymore, man. I'm hungry and I'm dissatisfied and God has to provide. So this is why he gives me this wonderful program where there is more than enough for me because my soul has starved for so many years before I started using and drinking especially. But of course, during those using years and drinking years where I was completely starved of love and I am hungry, man. I have to, I have to make it up to, and uh, it's, it's fun to be hungry, but it's fun to be hungry and to be satiated. It's fun to be hungry and to know today my table is set, my cup runneth over. And when I'm done eating and I'm hungry again tomorrow, there's going to be more food and more delicious food. And so basically this is why I take the world slot in this positive way is that I'm, I'm hungry. I'm not like, no, I'm not hungry anymore. That's not true. I just want it. I hope it never <laughs> stops because it's fun to be hungry and to be sure whatever I bring to the table, whatever problem, whatever hunger, somebody in AA is going to have going to tell me where to go and where to get what I need to get. So this is the one it's this is why I say this is this is the fairy tale that they tell you about in your childhood. This is this is um how do you say Aschenputtel um uh um the one with the with the when this is um Aschenputtel is the one you know the the one where the <sighs> the squash oh, I wish I could I wish I could bail yeah yeah, the one oh, Cinderella? Uh, Cinderella, Cinderella, yeah, Cinderella. This is where you know. This is the prince. I mean, there's always the prince might not always look like you expect him or her to look. The princess, but man, your prince is coming. Alcoholics Anonymous, and it will always be more than you thought. If if, and this is the you know half measures avail us nothing. It's so important to know that this is true. You see people. So many people with half measures in Alcoholics Anonymous, and it makes the most boring meetings and the most terrible sober people because they're just not happy. So what's the use of being going through all this this insane act of getting sober if I'm not going to get the cherry on the cake and the whipped cream and the chocolate and everything that AA has to offer and the promises, which there are many, especially in Ninth Step, there's no use. So I want what you have, and I'm willing to go to any length to get it. And what you have is the fellowship that I crave. And the fellowship I crave is where people can be content, match calamity with serenity, and are happy, joyous, and free. Not in the sense that I'm high all the time, not a Prozac, not a Prozac sort of, oh, so everything. No, because I was talking to, and, and, and you will interrupt me, but I was talking to a newcomer called me yesterday. She wants to do her four step and she wants to make amends to her, her difficult father. And she has heard through the grapevine that I, I'm a specialist for 
difficult and an evil parent, especially my mother was an evil person. God bless her. I'm in peace with her. But because I, because AA gave me the possibility to transform viciousness into love, so I could love her, and the and and I could transform every inch of viciousness. I've viciousness I've transformed in love, but not because I'm so great. It's because you taught me. So where was I? She was telling me, uh, I was telling her, you will make amends to your father, but he will not change, and that was super difficult for her to com to to comprehend. It doesn't mean that your dad is going to be nice to you. It doesn't mean that he's ever going to be nice to you. It doesn't mean that he's ever not going to be an asshole like you see, you know, like you see. But what it means is that you're going to be in peace with it and you're going to forgive him. And this is a different. So the discomfort, we alcoholics don't like discomfort. So we want everything to be like a fairy tale. But <laughs> we have to understand that the fairy tale is not going to be with our parents. Sometimes we're lucky it is with our parents, but it doesn't have to. You understand what I mean? My mom made me cry the day before her death. I was telling my mom, you're making me cry and you're dying tomorrow because she did this euthanasia thing. So he said, Mama, you're going to die tomorrow and you're still making me cry. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so bad. I said, yeah, you're terrible, but I love you, Mommy. And so, um, but she, um, yeah, you understand what I say? The discomfort of not fixing it, that making amends doesn't mean that you're going to be nice to me if I make amends to you. So if I'm lucky, you will. But if I'm unlucky, you might throw me out and say, I never want to see you again. And that's fine because I've done my part. So we, uh, for out of respect for the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I don't do video or images with any of the podcasts that we do here. But this is one of those times, Julia, if everybody, <laughs> you are so uh, enthusiastic, you're so animated, your hands are all over the place, you're rocking back and forth. I wish that we could actually post the video <laughs> of this. It would be absolutely delightful. And by the way, you have the longest introductions of any of the guests that Sorry. I've ever had <laughs> on, <laughs> on, the, uh, on the podcast. I just kind of turn it over and I say, hey, you want to introduce yourself and give you some writing date if you wish, and then seven, eight minutes later... <laughs> <laughs> We're taking a breath, and I absolutely love it. And that's why I wanted to have you back because you have unbridled enthusiasm for uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, for recovery as a whole. And I just absolutely loved our time. Now, just so so listeners know, uh, if this is your the first episode you're listening, and you possibly want to hear more of Julia, we actually had Julia on an episode before. Oh, and I got to get to this real quick. And it was called, we called this one, excuse me. Oh, <clears throat> the prodigal daughter. Uh, it was kind of a takeoff on, you know, the prodigal son. And uh, we talked about how Julia learned to speak English in Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, Julia is kind of a, uh, a Joe and Charlie of Alcoholics Anonymous in Germany there. She's, she takes the book, she explains it, she dissects it. They're, they're, they're kind of uh, rewriting the book there in Germany uh, no, to make not it not rewriting. Not uh, not rewriting, yeah. retranslating it to make it more.
retranslating. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said that in the wrong way. Oh right. So they're, they're translating it from it's been translated in the past, but they're they're going through that again to make it a little bit more what they what they think is true to form of what Bill and the other writers meant on the front end. We talked about your anorexia, uh, your sleeping disorder, <clears throat> your volume, the diet pills, the depressions, bulimia. And 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 a lot more. So if any of you want to hear Julia's first episode, uh, go back to that. And oh, gosh, I don't have the episode number in front of me, but it's probably like uh, six or seven episodes back, something like that. So but today we you know, I, I we got together and we said, let's just let God lead this and guide this. Um, one of the things that I wanted to go back to, first of all, <clears throat> You you talked you you mentioned there just real briefly that your mother went through a a, a euthanasia type of a process. Can, can you talk about that a little bit and how that came down and and is that was that in Germany? No, it's uh, illegal in Germany. It's in it was in Belgium and that was it's legal in Belgium. There was a legal process and she had a very bad cancer of the pancreas and. Uh, the doctors offered her to do palliative treatment, which entailed chemo and other stuff. And she wasn't interested because she had had a breast cancer five years ago and she knew chemo and she hated it. And my mom always, ever since I've known her, has had a, a longing to die. And she's always told us that she will go when she says. And so she was um, delighted in a way. There was a part of her that was delighted that she could finally go. And uh, she was um, she was not a happy woman. She was um, uh, a lonely woman, <laughs> which isn't surprising because she was so mean to people. But she was, but she was, um, you know, uh, she was born in 1940. That was um, during the war. Uh, these uh, people uh, born in these in these war years in Germany um had horrible traumas in their childhood the hunger after the war they had very they were had their own package to carry and um i have many sponsors german women that i sponsor that have similar moms those moms that that are just hard and that are just that have just decided to close up and uh, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not angry at my mom. Uh, I love her. She, my mom is the love of my life. And uh, I knew that the moment she died, I knew it before, but it made clear when she, the moment she died and I went outside, I, I, I was with her and she knew she could count on me, which was the greatest responsibility. The greatest gift is that she was completely, she trusted me completely even though I wasn't easy because I caught her on her, you know, I was not a doormat, like it says in the book. And when she was evil and mean to me, I, I, I was always the little girl and I was always hurt, but I was, was there anybody else? Was there anybody else there during the process? The, besides doctor, yourself? the doctor was there and my little sister came and, but my little sister disappeared really quick. She is uh, very caught up. She's very, still caught up in in her anger towards my mom and she i think she just came to check that my mom would really die because she hadn't seen her in 10 years and so that was another story um but um 
And I walked out of the house and mom had had passed finally. She it wasn't easy for her to die. She wanted to die, but it was a battle. Because she had decided she would die at twelve, but she died at two, so I'm not gonna get into that. But it was it's interesting that death told her, No, no, girl. I'm telling you when you go. You're not telling me when you're gonna go. There was actually she was a little too healthy still to go. She had a very strong heart and very strong liver. But I went outside and she had finally passed and um, and I had been by her side, which was a great honor and a privilege. It was an honor and a privilege not to get angry, not to not to be dramatic, to be soft and uh, to be sad. And uh, then I went outside and I... And you know what, John? All the colors had washed away. I looked at the garden and all the colors were gone. And I told my sister was still there. I said, look around you. Our world is never going to be the same again because our mother is gone. And it was really an eerie moment. And then I went back inside and the house had completely lost its grip. She had a grip on the house. And all of a sudden the house was breathing, and I'm, I took a picture of my mom on her deathbed, and my mom was a proud woman, even in the minute before she died, I had taken a picture before she went to for the euthanasia, and she was still looking proud and, and almost a little mean. But the picture of her just after she died was very soft, very young, and almost there was almost a look of surprise on her face and she had never believed in God because she was certain that after when you die there's nothing and she wanted there to be nothing and she insisted that there were nothing because I told her before mom give me a sign when you're over there and let me know and she said there's no sign I said well you don't know maybe you can give me a sign anyway but the look on her face was a look of surprise and it wasn't a look of of horrified surprise, there was a look of happy surprise, as if she saw something that she didn't expect it, like an angel or maybe even God, and it was really wonderful. Anyway, that's the story. We will be continuing our conversation with Julia Kay from Berlin, Germany, in just a moment. Just a reminder, you are listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at SoberSpeak.com. You can also find the donate button on our website, which you can use if and only if the Spirit moves you to do such. Please keep in mind this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. Sober Speak is a self-supporting organization through our own contributions. We are not allied with any sect, denomination politics, organization, or institution. We do not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor oppose any causes. All right, now back to Miss Julia Kay. So you are somebody that I know when I come into a conversation with them, it cannot be scripted. Uh, <laughs> and as you could tell, we just go, which I love, all right, it goes all over the place, uh, had no idea that we were going to cover your mom's death. Um, but I, I do think it greatly dovetails into uh, recovery 
uh, in the world of recovery and Alcoholics Anonymous in the steps. And it is just living life. And there's a many people who would think, gosh, I could never go through an experience like that and stay sober, not act out in some way. Right. Uh, right. But here you sit today. Uh, how many years sober were you when you actually went through that experience, Julia? That was just a few months ago. That was just last summer. Oh. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I was 30, 35 years sober. Wow. Ah, that's incredible. All right, so let's talk about another term that you brought up during the beginning of this. You talked about limitless expansion. And I, I know that that's something that you have talked about in the past. What do you mean when you say limitless expansion? What does that mean to you? Um, you know, back to the hunger and to the, the limitless expansion is uh, the assurance that and what it, that it gives, it gives it to me in the book that there's always more for me in this program of Alcoholics Anonymous. I've never arrived. I'm always a beginner. When Bill W. talks to us in We Agnostics, he makes sure that anybody can enter the, the realm of the spirit because he keeps telling us in We Agnostics, you can start where you're at. Where you're at is enough. Deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. You can God. The only place to find God is deep inside you. It says also that we are to be catapulted in the fourth dimension of existence and that it, and we become catapulted in the round that where I'm paraphrasing, where we keep getting things, keep getting better and better. I like, because they have this old saying in AA where they say, either you grow or you go. I don't want to be, I don't want to sound like, um, um, you know, uh, yeah, if you, you know, like this, a little, this, um, uh, dramatic, but there is a, this, I'm so interested in the concept of progress and um, because I've been sober quite a while and because I can look back and don't, I can assure you that it never feel like I'm progressing when I'm actually progressing, but I can see the progress over the years, of course, looking back and I can assure anyone who's sober and is doing their steps and who's doing reaching out and they're doing their service and they're 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 confronting their pain you know there's nothing more worthwhile than working on myself and that's what the program is about is working on myself and there's nothing that i don't want to look at in my life there's nothing i don't want to look at because i'm interested in love and nothing else and uh and i know that love is so powerful that it can heal any condition and it can break any barriers and it can move any mountain and i've and I'm, but I'm still just at the beginning because I want to, I am, I want to be a master of love. That's all I'm interested in. And, um, and I want to be better at it and better and better because, um, it feels, it's, it feels so right. <laughs> it's, I was, I, let me tell you, know, very practical. I don't want to be in the clouds, you know, our head in the clouds, but our feet on the ground. I was, I was, I have two sons. I've told that in the other podcast, one is 20 and one is 18 and they're sober babies. And I, um, I assure you, uh, they're less damaged than drunk babies. So it's, it, 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 alcoholism is damaging because they're very, they have a very healthy substance, even though I'm very dangerous sober, but at least I can make amends. You know, I'm more dangerous because I'm just, I can be super evil and hard sober, but I, I have a program and I make amends. And 
So, um, so there was just recently, I, their dad left me. He was a, he was an AA wonder, boy meets girl on AA campus, and I got pregnant by accident. Thank God. God knew that I was ready for kids, but not ready for relationships yet. So I got accident. I got just, and then I was, I already had two abortions. So there's no way I could have a third one. And I was, because I was too old, I say, and I wanted kids. And, but this, I knew that this guy in AA, he, he, he was, he was nice, but I thought of felt that wasn't the substance we needed to have a dad. But anyway, so I, uh, he left us, uh, when the kids were very small and uh, he went back out and he had many years where he, he used again. And um, and because of the program and because of the women in Alcoholics Anonymous, I managed to for the kids to keep a relationship with him. And even though he was very damaged, but there was a way of just, you know, they, they never, I never said, no, you can't see your father or anything because I thought that was not a good idea because if you forbid your children to be their father, they will long for the father. They will make him big and he'll become Superman. And then they will hate you for keeping you away from them. So women don't do it. Even if the mm -hmm. father is, even if the father is using, if you're sober, it's okay because they need to, they need to be, they need to see it. And it's not, I mean, I was protecting them from the worst. You know, there was one time where we was in the hospital and he was attached to, he was, he actually, they had to attach him to the bed and then when I, that's where I said, no, you're not going to go see your dad at the hospital. That's, I'm not, you know. So I, I think about, I'm sober, so I can make these decisions with love. Anyway, he's sober. Finally, he's sober, which we never thought. We thought we were gonna, he was going to die, but miraculously he got sober and he's around and he's, he's a good man. And he's, and you know, women, when you hate the father of your children, I'm telling you this, 20 years later, he's my best buddy. And he was the man that I hated the most. And he was the most, because, you know, he left me for, he left me to have sex with some idiot. You know, and then he had sex with another idiot. And then he had sex with a third idiot. And that's what he left me for. And then he, he lost himself in drugs and alcohol. So it was like, why? You could have stayed with me. It would have been much less painful and better for your children. Anyway, but this man is somebody who today before, even before, when I, there's a crisis hitting in my life, he calls me before I realize there's a crisis and said, you want to have a coffee? I'm worried about you. That's love. That's love, you know. He's got two years, but that's the kind of connection we have. And so we were driving. My husband is in Thailand right now because he's, he's uh, too COVID. He's COVID too, too much at risk with COVID and Thailand is COVID free. He's got a lung condition. And so this guy's hanging out a lot, and which to the delight of the children. And uh, we take our son to the airport the other day. He was going back to America where he's studying. And he's not gonna, we're not going to see him for maybe nine months, maybe a year. And um, it's very early in the morning, and we drive him through Berlin. The, our son is sitting in the back, me in the, in the, drive, in the, in the passenger seat, and my the father of my children driving and there's the most loving, sad, beautiful atmosphere in the car. The, there's like, there were no, there were no, 
There's no bills. There were no bills to be paid anymore. It's all good. We just were, we were just congruent with our feelings. It was sad because we were bringing our son to the airport, but there was so much love and there was so much peace. And it was, and to be that kind of parents, because I come from a household where there's only uh, misunderstanding, shaming, anger, fights, drama, um, accusation, victimization, hurt. That's all I know. And I'm in this car and, uh, and there's only love. And to give, to be able to give this to a child is giving him like golden wings with diamonds on top. And they're light. They're not even heavy because this child can fly anyway. And I knew it at that moment. And do I make this? No. It's AA. It's this program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Who is this? The program of Alcoholics Anonymous is a program of, of keeping myself, my ego, my alcoholic ego on very tight reins. And I love the tight reins of Alcoholics Anonymous because I'm a wild horse. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a bulldozer. I'm, I'm a tornado who roars through people's lives, but with the tight rein of service of the newcomer. You know, somebody was saying on a on a on a on a on a speaker tape the other day, oh, you know, we used to take in drunks to sober up on our couch. I still do it. In Berlin, we I mean because I do it, then all the women I sponsor do it. And all the guys that know that see that the women do it, that we take I have people drying out on my couch regularly because I, this is what we do because because then I get to have this kind of freedom with my children or this kind of freedom in my job or this kind of freedom with my husband or this kind of freedom with, um, with my life. Does that make sense? That's a lot. It, it does make sense. Yeah, you kind of remind me of like the, uh, the Mother Teresa of AA, just kind of talking to you here and about how involved we are. It's absolutely wonderful. You know, and there's one we, thing I, about the Bible, you know, because we talked about the prodigal daughter. I've got a new, I've, I figured out, you know, when it says, Jesus says, pick up your bed and go. You know, he sees this guy who's sick and then he goes like, he heals him and then he goes like, pick up your bed and go. I thought this is so deep. Because he doesn't say, leave your bed and go. No, you pick up your baggage. You come here. And this is, you, I, I take responsibility for all my life. And in, the, in step nine, I face my, this bed that I carry and I transform it. But you know what I mean? He doesn't say, leave your bed and you're free. No, 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 no. Take your baggage and clean house and make amends. And then you will be free. Isn't it great? I love it. Mm, I love it too. You also talked, I've heard you talk in the past about how miracle makers uh, yes. are, we are miracle makers of modern time. And I think the reference is into Alcoholics Anonymous. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yes, of course. There was a French author, his name is Joseph Kissel, that Americans don't know, but he he was a French journalist, and in the 50s, he heard about Alcoholics Anonymous. And he went to New York, to the Bowery, and he studied Alcoholics Anonymous. And he did a very decent and sober 
report in French on Alcoholics Anonymous, and he called Alcoholics Anonymous the miracle makers of modern times, the miracle make makers of the 20th century. And um, the age of miracles is still with us because what happens when we work these steps, which, um, you know, when Roland H. went came to Bill W., uh, to Carl Jung, to the doctor, to the Swiss, the Swiss psychoanalyst, and Carl Jung said, "I have been trying to make you have a spiritual awakening, which will change your whole personality, so you won't have to want to drink anymore." But I have failed. And then Roland went back and tried the Oxford group, and then he met Ebby, and Ebby came to Bill, and Bill went to Bob, and Bill. And Bob took the sixth step of the Oxford group and made and Bill made 12 out of the six steps. And um, and what and Carl Jung says these spiritual awakenings are phenomena. Means that they're not you can't make them happen. There's no you don't have control whether it happens or not. You can try, but you're sort of sort of trying in the dark. What Bill did with the 12 steps and the early AAs, but it was mainly Bill, he, he designed 12 steps for guaranteed miracles. And um, you need a sponsor, and a sponsor who knows how to work the steps. And you need to just do the work, especially the ninth step. And then you can... Um, those miracle of being able to heal a very sick family because we're not only healing ourselves, we're healing our tribe and not the AA tribe, which talks about in the book, when in the beautiful story, Join the Tribe, that we heal our tribe, our blood family. Because as we start this recovery process, then others in our family can begin to heal too. And we can stop the horrible curse of alcoholism in our bloodline. And there's nothing, nothing that's more worthwhile than stopping generations of alcoholism and of bad treatment of children, which is, which is what alcoholism is. Yeah, I've heard it been put before that we are fortunate enough, folks like you and me, to have been born within this window of history where alcoholics uh, do have, as you know, the, the original title of the book was going to be A Way Out right. or The Way Out. And, and we have a, we're, we're fortunate enough, like I said, that we were born in this window of time. And gosh, if I had been born at another point in history, I'm sure they just would either lock me up or put me in an insane asylum or I would have been sure to have a, an yes. early death. And You know, John, 1935, when AA started in America, there was uh, the NS time in Germany and alcoholics were considered uh, the, um, the asocials and we, they had a purple, uh, a purple star and they were uh, put to death, alcoholics, in extermination mm. camps. The Nazis were just like homosexuals, Jews and others, but alcoholics were just just useless uh, so that's not so long ago and today i mean my i don't die easily because i'm like a cockroach you know have i told you that my 
my totem animal, <laughs> my totem animal. You know, people go like, oh, my totem animal, totem animal is the is the wolf or the or the elk or the Leo or whatever. I'm saying my totem animal is the cockroach because I don't die, <laughs> which is my best. This is the best, my biggest <laughs> asset. I came to AA and I said, oh my god, you know, when they said. Uh, many of us to recover if they have the capacity on us and, and it goes on and on and I'm like man I'm not I don't care I'm just gonna sit here and I'm just not gonna go anywhere until my miracle happens and I don't care how long it takes I'm 20 I've got time I don't care and I'm a cockroach I don't die easy you know I'm like the cockroach when when you try to kill them in your kitchen and you think you have them you even broke their wings and then they come back it's like what, <laughs> what are you you're still here I'm still here I'm not going anywhere and as long as I have the desire to stop drinking, and I'm not drinking, you can't throw me out. I claim my seat. You can't throw me out anywhere in the world at any AA meeting. I can claim my seat. I said, I belong here. You can't throw me out. And you're not better than me, by the way. You know, I love it. There's some, AA, that's, some AA meetings are like they're special. There's like, oh, I'm special AA meeting. We're better working. It's, it's not true. You just, you're just AA. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, Julia, this has been absolutely fantastic. I, I uh, as uh, just like last time, I knew it'd be a wild ride. <laughs> yes. And I love the wild ride. And I, like I said, I love your enthusiasm. Uh, I love your perspective. Um, I think you do an absolutely a uh, wonderful job of carrying the message of Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, I'm 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 just so glad that that our paths have crossed. Uh, uh, do you know if you're going to be coming to the uh, U.S. anytime uh, soon for any sort as, of conferences or anything like that? As soon as I can, I can. I want to right. go. My son, I have to visit my son as soon as we have a vaccine or borders reopen. I have to visit my son. I have to visit my sponsor, who is Kathy. Kathy Lovett, who lives in Oceanside, California, who has celebrated 42 years of sobriety this past week. I have to go and see all my friends. I have to go, you know, I have to go, of course, to the World Conference, but that's only in four years. We have to wait. But I want to go again. Uh, they, have, um, they have a yearly convention about um, archives, about archive people mm -hmm. and they talk about a history i i want to go i mean i just yeah i love alcoholics anonymous i go i love to go to meetings in some forlorn desert places i go i love to go to the hip meetings i go to i love to go to not so hip meetings i uh, the, what, what are those the the hip meetings what's that oh your mom you're downtown new york where you where we read oh, oh. the steps on oh the hip meetings <laughs> yeah, the okay hip i meetings. got you yeah but you know they're great i mean they're great there's really great sobriety but i love you go to harlem in the meetings and they still have food for everybody oh ah, didn't you go know to that harlem, yes like it used to be because some people don't have anything to eat so you go to harlem oh, yeah. and there's food and there's fellowship because you can go come earlier and you can play cards mm. like it used to be. And afterwards, right. you can never not eat because everybody takes you out for dinner. <laughs> That's great. great. <laughs> or whatever. You know, I've been I've been in Africa. Alona picked me up in Rhodesia to go to a meeting. I went to I was in Kenya in meetings, and um, and it's yeah, I love Alcoholics Anonymous. 
There's a, uh, I think we're about to have one of our um, first um, uh, uh, conferences where it's a live conference, people coming back together at the uh, Texas State Conference coming up here in uh, uh, June. And so I'm looking forward to seeing some people and things are starting to get back to kind of sort of normal. And so... Anyway, I hope our paths do cross, though, here in the I U.S. Or if I'm over wonderful. in Germany. Who knows? Yeah. You know, we've um, we've been through Zoom. Uh, we've met a lot of Americans who speak very good German, and we've had fantastic German-speaking Americans at our Zoom meeting speaking, carrying the message. Mm. And it's uh, of course we also are carrying the message in America, but it's it's been there's so many people who's whose German is really excellent because they've studied or they've been in the army or whatever. And there's been, through Zoom, there's been a, a brotherhood and a sisterhood uh, being built and being weaved around. I, I, it's like a, a, a fabric of love being weaved around our planet. And our planet needs a fabric of love being weaved around it and the children need it. And so... Uh, yeah, it's really, really amazing. And I was at the International Women's Conference recently. And usually this conference gets 2,000 people. It's live. You know how many people they had? They I had put like 20,000. Yes. 20,000. Yeah. Isn't that something? Did you, did you hear of it? I heard about it, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there. I'm no, not a woman, not. but I, but I heard about it. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Can you imagine? They had women, especially they had a lot of women from Africa who could never dream of attending such a conference. But oh, because, that's very nice. Because, you know, AA in Africa, I mean, just it's just starting and there's no place in the world where they need more. I mean, of course, Russia, too, because everyone, I mean, it's like, but any, you know, all every AA is needed everywhere. And it's just in infancy shoes in Africa because, uh, I mean, they start drinking there when they're four because there's so much poverty. Uh, page 164 from the big book and it says abandon yourself to god as you understand god admit your faults to him and to your fellows clear away the wreckage of your past give freely of what you find and join us we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us like me and miss julia as you trudge the road of happy destiny may god bless you and keep you until then thank you so much again julia i really appreciate you coming on and visiting with me today Thank you. It's an honor and it's a pleasure. And thank you for your work, John. It's really important and it's really beautiful. And vice versa. Likewise, Miss Julia. You take care now. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you again, Julia Kay from Berlin, Germany. Once again, it was fantastic spending time with you. You have such great energy, and I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to record with me twice. Uh, It is most appreciated. Now, on to a little bit of listener feedback. Steve, well, this is not really listener feedback. Uh, This is from our secret Facebook group, Um, Steve, in there. I call him our daily reflections guy. I don't know what else to call him, but he is in there all the time posting. I think it's on a daily basis. I've never come back to see it, but he does an absolutely fantastic job. What he does is he puts a quote from the big book 
out there. And then he expands on it a little bit. Uh, and this is what he put in this week. He says, we are people, by the way, this is page 17 from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. He says, we are people who normally would not mix. But there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. Once again, that's page 17. I'll read it again. We are people here in Alcoholics Anonymous who would not normally mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful Page 17 of the big book. Thanks for putting that in there, Steve. And this, he follows it up with some commentary. He says, we are all unique, various ages, colors, genders, backgrounds, different careers, education, financial state, financial status. But in two very important ways, we are exactly the same. We cannot use alcohol safely and we share a common solution. Also, we connect in, a, in deep and meaningful ways and we recover. And then he always ends it up there with help one, save two. Happy Saturday, he says. It's how he always ends up his uh, writings. And uh, thank you so much, Steve, for being part of the Secret Face, but not being part of it. You are, you are uh, being a contributor, I should say, a, a very consistent contributor. Uh, I know I see the comments on your post, and I know a lot of people get a lot out of your writings, which you are putting in there, and I am so appreciative of you, as I know many others in the group are as well. Thank you so much. Susan writes in, and Susan says, Hi, John. I am truly blessed to live in Vancouver, Canada, A. I put the A in there. Uh, she didn't really say A-E-H. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it is really as beautiful as all the pictures, <laughs> exclamation point. I have been sober for 31 years and still hear my first sponsor's word to me. words to me. The sponsor said, all you wanted when you got here was to be a sober woman in AA. All the rest is a gift from God. I have been I have been given many gifts in my years many wanted many wanted and some not <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I get, boy do I get that Susan she says I've struggled at times and still do I have at times been willful self-centered angry and resentful what I have never done though is forget that I'm an alcoholic and no matter how I feel go to meetings read the big book, and get a sponsor, and above all, pray. If I follow those things, it will all be okay one day at a time. That is so well said, Susan, very well said. And I I, I mean, it's like you're reading my mind and what I think about sobriety, because I've been all those things as well, self-centered, angry, resentful. But one thing I've never forgotten up to this point is that I'm an alcoholic, and I've never struggled with going to meetings. I, th that is just a blessing, and I know a lot of people do. Anyway, Susan says, during COVID, I, like so many, needed to find ways to stay in touch with AA. Your podcast is one of those ways for me. I appreciate 
you doing this and truly enjoy it. It's something magical happens when alcoholics come together. I agree, Susan. I have enjoyed many of your guests. Charlie P. is a favorite of mine, and June G. was amazing. Thank you and have a wonderful day, Susan. So I'm recording Charlie P. here coming up soon again, and we'll be able to have him back on the pod again. But thank you so much, Susan. Ricky post in the Sober Speak Facebook, in the secret Sober Speak Facebook group. He says, by, um, and this wasn't really to me, it was to the group. And he says, and he's quoting here from an episode by Matthew M. And Matthew M. I quote, said in his, in his episode, he says, by amending our mistakes, we get wisdom by defending our faults, we betray an unsound mind. Matthew M. Matthew M., Ricky says, breaks it down. I love this episode. Thanks, John M. and Matthew. Let me go ahead and read that quote again from Matthew because I thought it was, it's great. And it's a, it, it took me a couple times to kind of soak it in. So the quote is, by amending our mistakes, we get wisdom. By defending our faults, we betray an unsound mind. I love it. And I believe Matthew was actually quoting somebody else uh, in that episode. Uh, and it was a uh, some philosopher, but I can't remember the name right now. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks, Matthew. And thank you, Ricky, for posting that. Finally, Linda writes in and Linda, Linda says, Hi, John, I didn't do rehab. I needed detox, medically supervised IV and all, and all the withdrawal seizures that prevented me due to the IVP pushes they were giving me. I was going through a fifth of vodka every two days. I'm on day 12 of sobriety. Congratulations, Linda. And I found your podcast on Spotify when somebody directed me to Facebook. Oh, I get it. So I guess she found Sober Speak on Facebook and then went over to Spotify from there. But nonetheless, she says, I belong to an all-women's Zoom group that meets seven days a week. Linda. Linda, congratulations once again on your 12 days. That's absolutely fantastic. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm glad that myself and Sober Speak as a whole can be a small part of your journey in recovery. All right, everybody. Guess what? That wraps it up. I will most likely be back next week. Most likely. You never can tell, right? I take this one week at a time. Uh, God bless you. Love you guys. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. And we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.